Hello and welcome back to the Miscast, where we examine the latest news, spicy brews, and strategy in CEDH. I am your host, Drake Sasser, and with me today is, of course, my lovely co-host, Mikey Hollihan, who is currently in Columbus. How's it going, Mikey? Doing swell. It was quite the journey to get here. My flight was delayed a bunch, and then at one point it was not going to take off till like 10 p.m., but then luckily it switched back to like 7.50. It was a whirlwind of emotions, and I was giving updates to Cal the whole time. That's who I'm currently visiting right now, um, Cal from Playing With Power. But, you know, we made it. It's been fun. Uh, and now we're both pretty much done working for the day, so it'll be nice just to hang out. And Mike's also coming over, so we're going to have a little, like, party going on. Wow. You just get to party with all the playing with power. You literally are playing with power. That's busted. I get around. I love that. Well, with us today as well is a special guest, uh, David, better known as Diggles. How do you want to be addressed, David? What do you want for the podcast? Oh, yeah. You can call me whatever, but I will will have to answer to Diggles. It is a college nickname, and I've just owned it so diggles is perfectly fine all right well you got any fun stuff going on are you doing any partying like mikey is oh no not a lot of partying but uh really uh uh participating with some fun things online uh so i really appreciate the opportunity to be here and i think i'm going to show up in some other places really soon so yeah exciting stuff Ooh, a little foreshadowing i like it you can find diggles all across cdh content so he's just hot stuff hot commodity book your book your appointments with diggles now you have, do you have to go through Cal, uh, Hal? I'm sorry for that one. Okay, <laughs> I don't have a secretary. Yeah, I'm still I'm still looking for someone. So send your applications over. Oh, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. What everyone should have a secretary, especially if you're you know prominent in the CDH community, like we all are. Very important people. It is important that you also you have a secretary. So of course, if you want to be Diggle's secretary, please submit your applications. And uh, you know he has a pretty rigorous testing process, but we'll we'll see if we can get you in. Anyways, before we get started today, I know we got a lot to talk about. I do want to take the opportunity to discuss, hey, you know, are we working on anything? We released our last episode a long time ago. You've had like, whatever, a week and a half. We'll start with Mikey. What are you What are you working on? You working on anything in the CDH space or non-CDH space? What are you working on? Yeah, right now, um, not really working on too many decks, but I am working on a special little secret project with a few people, and hopefully we'll have some more news for that coming in May. Um, so that's been taking up a lot of my time. We're trying to build something up from the ground up, and so far it's going really well. We have a great team. Uh, everyone's been super motivated, and even though we've only technically existed for less than a week now, we've made a ton of progress. So look forward to some new news. Maybe in a couple of weeks we'll be able to talk about it a little bit more, but yeah, for right now we're just trying to get off the ground, and yeah. We'll see what happens. Other than that, I'm just traveling around. I'm booked every weekend this month. Right now, I'm in Columbus. Uh, next weekend, I'm going to be going to New York to see Rebel and Nathan and a few other people. And then uh, the weekend after that, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh uh, doing the, at the SCG event. So if you're planning to go to that, feel free to hit me up and maybe we'll be able to link it up, get some games. If you want to ask me questions about Grixis, I will actually answer your questions and not divert you to hell because that is <laughs> something I really like talking about. And yeah, so we'll see what's going on. Just vibing. Wow, you got you got a lot on your plate. You got super secret, uh, whatever going on, as well as just booked up flying every weekend to God knows where, playing CDH and just social butterflying it up. I, I'm kind of jealous. I don't have near that kind of agenda stacked up. That sounds like a good time. Yeah, I mean, you know how I am. I'm just always busy, always bouncing around, always traveling, just perpetually on planes, forgetting what time zone I'm in. That actually <laughs> happened this morning. I yeah? woke up and I was convinced that Columbus was on Central Time. So I'll, no. I got up at like 8, assuming that my meeting was at like 8.30 because it's 9.30 a.m. Eastern. 
And then I was like, oh shit, I have another hour I can sleep. So Cal was like, where the fuck are you? I thought you said you'd be up at eight. I was like, I was. And then I realized I could sleep more. <laughs> Time so zones. I had an extra hour of sleep. So that was great because I didn't realize I was still in Eastern. Got him. That's sick. Yeah, no, I that I experienced that traveling for the SCG tour too. It's just I never knew what uh, time zone I was landing in, but thankfully, like iPhone just takes care of all that for you. As long as you you navigate on your iPhone, you set your alarms in your iPhone, it all just handles all that for me. I didn't have to worry about it. I don't know how much sleep I'm actually getting. I don't care. I'm just gonna get up and play Magic. So that's uh, oh no, but Mikey has those watches, so he really doesn't know what time. I don't get it. You know, for someone with so many watches. Like that's why, I, that, that's why I have uh, the world timer. It tells me the time in every time zone at once. It's just I didn't know I switched time zones. <laughs> you do have to be aware. Yeah, you have to be aware of it. That's brutal. All right, well, Diggles, what are you working on? You working on anything in CDH? You doing anything outside of CDH and other magic formats that you're uh, developing? Any super secret projects? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't have any secrets I can divulge. But uh, no, it's spoiler season for the streets of New of, of Capenna. Is it New Capenna or just Capenna? Is it new? I think it's New Capenna. New Capenna sounds new Cap- right. I, I I don't remember old Capenna. But in any, <laughs> in any event, no, it's spoiler season. We're knocking around all kinds of really myself just terrible brewing ideas. It's great. There was a there's a new guy that uh, there's a new Bant commander uh, that was a cat citizen who just looked like the art was straight out of a hipster from Portland, where I'm from. So uh, I was like, I'm going to build this. This is going to be really near good. And that's where I landed. It's, it is, it is not, but we'll play it on Moxfield. We'll have a fun time. Near good, huh? Near good. That's, that's yeah, what CDH it's, is. It's near good. <laughs> oh, it's not, I'm not say it's bad. It's got wind conditions and plays blue spells. Um, but no, no, lots of lots and lots of exciting cards coming out. So we're we're just we're just excited to look at our our phones in the morning and see what's been spoiled. Yeah, so I made a tweet. Uh, I believe when they spoiled the new arts for Yidris and Brea. So there's a lot going on with this tweet. But I made this tweet that said it's so tilting to me that they printed like awesome arts for two. You know, my first commander I ever played in CDH and my favorite commander that I've ever played in CDH. Like both of them, both of which I love in this new set, but they're just unplayable because they're bad uh, Jeweled Lotus decks. And, you know, uh, Hermager and Nathan Jones, he's interacted with me a lot on Twitter since then as they sh- they reveal all these, like, uh, new commanders that are tricolor but have, like, the hybrid symbols to where they're good with uh, Jeweled Lotus. He just tags me to all of them. Is like, imagine having a multicolored commander that was bad with Jeweled Lotus just over and over. It's been brutal. It's been brutal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's this uh, Citizen Cat, too. He's yeah, technically that. white, white, white. Like, you you can just play that Jeweled Lotus and, and, and cast your Bant commander. It's super strange yeah and it cascades too like if you don't have well it doesn't actually cascade i guess you just does look whatever the the effect cascades were because you're bad with jeweled lotus you're bad with fierce guardianship and deflecting swatch it's a nightmare it's a nightmare they're just so much worse than they were and it's so frustrating but uh every now and again i, I pull them back out and try to force them and then remember why they're not good anymore but it's uh i guess they're still okay but they're, they're nowhere near the dominance they once were but yeah nuka benham looks my, pretty interesting my game, my game play my gameplay is total, like, it's totally like 75% nostalgia. Like, that's, that's sure, what I sure. to do. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I am not working on a whole lot. I'm still working on that, like, five color pile uh, with 11 and Mike. It's been okay. It's hard to get games in because the games take so long. It's like a mid range deck that if you're, like, anywhere close to winning, you, like, it just takes forever. And the last game I played, I just, like, 
chucked the entire match because it just took forever and I didn't actually know an interaction for once that doesn't actually happen very often so I was just extra tilted I just haven't even played it since it's just been it's been brutal for me um just playing these super long grindy games when I'm used to just like storming people out so I uh I haven't worked as hard on that deck but I'd put a few more reps in the blue farm and a lot of the new Capenna cards I'm really excited about for Bergy there's like a another unexpected windfall there's that professional facebreaker card and I think there's another, like, red card I was interested in. There's, like, three or four cards I'm interested in trying in Bergy. So, uh, probably going to pick Bergy, actually, back up and start playing with that as soon as Nuka Panda releases. A lot of, a lot of cool stuff going on there. Um, and, of course, you know, we can always proxy stuff ahead of time. So, likely going to start getting some reps in before Nuka Panda actually releases. But need to sit down and make the cuts first and haven't really got around to that. So Yeah, there's yeah. definitely been a lot of cool cards in Nuka Panda that I'm excited to try out, too. But I just have not had the time to sit down and tweak lists and everything like the new mini crom uh whatever shredder it's called or something like that uh ledger really shredder ledger, ledger shredder. yeah the one that yeah. lets you loot every time there's two spells cast like i think that card's sweet especially because you know i like playing with my graveyard and stuff so like the discarding really isn't that big of a detriment for the decks i like to play that's true i am so low on that card but i know you're high on it so i'm interested to see exactly where we land uh on that maybe we should do a whole episode of nuke pendant we did one for kamigawa but i feel like that set was a lot more stacked than this uh, upcoming set, so I don't know. We'll we'll see what we yeah, decide to do. has like a lot of cool cards, but it's not like I don't know. It's a lot of just like average cards. Like, yeah, there's a lot of new commanders that have potential, but none of them are really doing anything that I think is like that good. Or it's kind of like they're doing something that other commanders do better. Like there's the the Bant one that's kind of like a Timna, where it's like any time a creature with like power two or less, or whatever, connects you, you whenever you deal damage to a player with like a creature or whatever, you draw a that's card. So it's like it's like Timna <laughs> but different. <laughs> It's like Timna, but different colors, but it's like, why not just play a Timna deck and get better colors than Bant? So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not like, there's a lot I'm of- I'm surprised like, that you, you compare it to Timna. It kind of compares to like an Edric for me. Like It doesn't it, compare to Edric to me at all because you only get one card per player you hit. It's not like Edric where each creature is a draw trigger. Sure. That's why I think it's different. I prefer comparing it to Timna for that reason because Edric, you can draw seven cards a turn if you have seven one ones, but Timna- It does only... snowball better. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's closer yeah. to a Timna. It's 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 mostly it's mostly good because it's not these other better already already prime commanders right so we'll yeah. try it out yeah try it out see what it happens I, I like I said I think the real argument to the card was if you were to build your deck similar to Edric I feel like there's where you have an upgrade where you get an extra color I do agree with Mikey that if if the decks are being built like Tim to decks you're probably just making worse farm decks because you're in less colors etc cetera, etc cetera. so we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see how it shakes out and hopefully Diggles breaks it and. Every deck in the format is going to be this new uh, kind of Timna, but better for some reason that Diggles figures out. So don't worry. Let him know. Let him know if you broke it. He, he, he'll, he'll hive mind it together and break CDH wide open. Here it comes. Well, either way, speaking of breaking EDH, uh, we are here today to talk about the bridge from casual to competitive. So... I guess before we really dive into that, going from casual to competitive, I feel like is a very unique journey as it exists today. And I think we actually probably will cover not just your story tickles, but kind of my process of getting into competitive EDH and Mikey's process. And it's going to be really interesting because I think every single one of us has a very different path. Maybe, maybe yours and Mikey's are somewhat similar because I don't think y'all did any of the 60 card format stuff at all really before diving into commander, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting to talk about because I think 
there's a lot that could be improved as far as getting players into CDH, making players feel welcome. There's a lot that's already done, but there is pieces missing in comparison to my process of getting into 60 card formats. So I really do want to like draw that comparison as well. Cause I went from casual to competitive in like 60 card, like standard modern formats before I did anything at all really with competitive commander and really even that much of commander. I didn't even play that much commander before doing 60 card stuff. So um, yeah, but we are here to talk about your process and your journey first. So, Diggles, without further ado, take it away. What you got? Well, I, I appreciate uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Again, if I didn't say so already, I, I'm really excited to be here. And, uh, yeah, I am one of those boomers. I played in Ice Age during the Ice Age. Um mm-hmm. And and I was I was more of like a collector when it when I was when I was uh, doing that you know I'd want to open the packs and it was exciting right um, but yeah I, I I opened an LED and then years and years and years later when you're playing TDH and Commander you're like wait LED is a card and I had opened one that's very very strange to find in a box um, took some breaks I think we all do and can uh, should. Uh, take some breaks from time to time from magic. Uh, concentrate on other things if we do have to. Uh, but I think I think really started to get into it, into it again, and started to play uh, right around Lorwyn Time Spiral. Um, and I started to play competitive, you know, uh, Friday Night Magic. Uh, you know, going to those bigger tournaments. Uh, I played Legacy Mud. Um, went to some of those, um, you know, uh, search. City games events, or those 1Ks, 5Ks. I tried to do that. Hey, there you um, go. But I always, I always had this uh, competitive participation, but casual edge. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I had a <laughs> uh, when Progenitus was a card from Conflux. I, I had a dramatic entrance deck, and I had I had participated in a 1K, and I played. I put a dramatic entrance on the stack. And uh, and this elves deck that was going to beat me probably just scooped. It didn't resolve. I just so, put dramatic entrance on the stack. What is the text on dramatic entrance? Isn't that just like a one sided <laughs> show and tell? Yeah, it's a it's a five mana instant in green that says uh, put a put a creature. Card. I think it's just a creature card. I'm not even green, but yeah, put a creature card from your hand into play. And I would just put in a progenitus and be like, you've you've got you've got two turns. Got him. That was you're yeah, on the clock. <laughs> Which reminds me of back in the day when I thought Elvish Piper was just, like, busted. It reads uh, kind of busted. It reads kind of busted. You cheat a creature in a play. Green's got a lot of big creatures. Like, that's insane. Like, I was like, this card just can't be fair. This is yeah. just unreasonable. <laughs> that, my card and for that was Quicksilver Amulet. I, I thought that card was just <laughs> yeah. not okay. Wow. Yeah, same, same idea, right? It's just like, <laughs> yep. you just put things into play. It's the same reason why, like, Golos actually ended up getting banned, right? It's just like, being able to just put things into play from, uh, like, a casual perspective is just like, well, yeah, nutso, just like free mana, just insanity. Down, now that one happens to be card advantage too, and multiple cards a turn. Yeah, there's a couple other things going on with Golos, but no, I, I'm definitely with you. Like dramatic entrance, like is a card that I was like, wow, instant speed, you just flash it in, whoa, that is messed up. <laughs> Quicksilver Amulet, same boat, where it's like you just keep doing it. It's like dramatic entrance every turn for the rest of the game. Like, how do you ever win? How do you ever win? Uh, right, and and I think <laughs> I think from a casual perspective, right, because. You're, you're approaching it to play the game, and and I have this philosophy where, you know, that's that's a there's a lot of difference between casual and competitive, right? But competitive players try to win the game, casual players try to play the game, and I would say like, oh, I would play these casual quote unquote decks, 
and I would win a game, and that feels so great. I'm gonna keep it'll reinforce right what what I'm doing, and then I'll just play that more and more and more. And if I'm in the culture and the pod uh, that that's encouraged, I'm gonna have a great time. And if I'm not, I'm gonna get a little hurt about what happens during the game. Um, and I and I think that bridges into like what our conversation is about. Um, I mean, then my EDH uh, path. Um, I started to heavily play EDH, um, I think like a, I think a year or a couple years before Wizards tried to make money on EDH, um, with their, their first Commander expansion, right? And they um, succeeded and for sure. <laughs> they, they, made they, money. they knew, they knew we loved it. Um, yeah. and then, um, and then that just, that just continued to elevate. And, um, I would say I've been, um, playing cdh uh for i would say just like you know since 2019 so just a, just a couple of years um but, but what, one thing that i found is that more often than less often i would try to play with my collection so i play with a cool foil and i'd make justifications to play that cool foil or that cool card from my collection um over something else that might be better um but when you can proxy cards the sky's the limit it's fine um, but the real turn happened for me, I think when I when I found that with Winota Joiner of Forces card from 2020, um, that I did the same thing. I, I I tried to play a a casual deck, and I was unsuccessful uh, <laughs> because that card yeah. is too good. And my and my Mog War Marshals, um, and my uh, what Beetleback Chiefs. Uh, produced really really powerful things off the top of my deck and and i'll go in so far like so, to highlight those cards but one other i still wanted to play a casual game so i had a card um angel of glory's rise oh I yeah know i know that one well that which one about humanimator yeah and so i like saw all your zombies sure there's more text on it but like no people well, are gonna wrath my board they're gonna answer winota so i need to have the seven drop angel in my deck and i was really wrong it's it's good enough and we've we've seen it around and it's still here she's still around uh that it's a good competitive deck and i still i i haven't stopped playing like i it's just you know that's <laughs> that leapfrogs into competitive which uh which is also one of those things we could do to bridge yeah so you started so you said you played a 1k so you did actually dabble a little bit in 60 card formats and stuff before mm -hmm. kind of really taking the commander route right Right, right. Yeah, I've, I participate. I, I'm not going to say I, I day two to uh, um, I day two to 5k um, that was in Boston years and years ago. I played Legacy Mud, um, Ooh, but this was that, the though. same time um, uh, the same time uh, Eldrazi was coming onto the floor. Right. So I could beat Eldrazi. Uh, but Eldrazi beat other things I couldn't beat. So Mud is, eh, Mud's not really a deck anymore. And that's fine. You know, that's what the metagame does. Yeah, that's, that's how I, uh, you know, collected a, a foil grim monolith or the playset wow. of City of Traders. Like, I, I consider myself lucky in those respects that I come from a casual collector standpoint. And now, bada bing, look at what we did. Like, these are, these are actually worth dollars. Oh, yeah. I tell everybody that Magic's a buy yesterday game. They're always like, oh, should I buy this or should I wait? And I'm like, never wait. It, it, like, it almost doesn't matter what it is. Never wait. Like, your cards, they're not getting cheaper. Collectibles, Magic at any point has just gone steadily up almost consistently for forever. This is the finance podcast, but 
Yeah, no. If you if you get if you get in early, especially during Ice Age, like sheesh, what is that? Ninety five. That was when I was born. Yeah, ninety five. <laughs> yeah, there you right. go. There you go. It's actually and, as old uh, as me. And it's just you know, I think I I I, I had a. I had like an angle or, or, or like a mind. I was a judge for a while and then they stopped giving you prizes for being a judge and then I just won't be a judge anymore. That's fine. No. Um, but, but, but was a tournament organizer, worked at a store, shout out Blue Ox Games, North Carolina. Um, <laughs> I, I worked at a store for 10 years and it organized tournaments, taught people how to play. So, so I have a huge, huge place in my heart and lots of, lots of space in my brain for Magic the Gathering big brain um, so it's it so it's 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 been a it's been a great great run and i i think we're just going to continue to play this game is just getting you know in a lot of ways better and better new formats new new people so um i would encourage anybody to check it out um oh for sure making so, but making the leap is hard yeah that's that's kind of what i want to say is at what point in your magic career like you've been playing since ice age you did a little bit of judging you you kind of did it all like you did some collecting some judging Mm -hmm. some of the 60 card stuff and of course some of the casual edh at what point did you get into cdh and was like yes this is where i want to be like at what point like what you started in 95 or i assume that's ice age 95 uh Mm -hmm. when did you like what year time frame like just winota like when winota was printed um, I, I would say around like like building up to that, I would say like the last four, five, six years, um, like wizards would would kind of help you uh, when they started with those those new expansions and new commander product. It, they'd help you like these are powerful cards. We're gonna print this Dockside Extortionist and a Fierce Guardianship and out of being a jeweled lotus. Like please and thank you. Um, you know they they give you an entrance into it and. I think for me, I started playing competitively competitively when you go to your local stores or you sit at your local pods with your friends and and your deck is mean and it's <laughs> not okay now now i and and that's the thing to 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 yeah. be to be accurate, I played Angel of Glory's Rise, but I also played Armageddon in my first window to deck Ugh, like the real I have enemy. so much going on on the board. I'll just kill all the lands and they can't do anything um. So, so I would say I would say around this time, past like you know three four years, I I couldn't not build a, a high power deck because I, I just could see lines and then things work out. I still don't play ad nauseum. I'm not going to play that card, but oh, I will okay. play in these in these in these meta games and these in these things and play against it. I think pretty effectively, um, and and I think I think it's I think I think there's an entrance. I have not met somebody that has started with CDH. Um, and I, I would say like that you don't need to do that. You know, play for, play with your pod, play with their fun, play with your culture and, uh, and have a good time. It's definitely, I mean, that's the whole point of EDH to begin with really is to have that kind of group conversation. And I like what you said earlier in the cast where you were like, you know, casuals play to play the game, whereas competitive players kind of have the mindset to, to win the game. And it, it does really ring true to me because I was always somebody that I, I never really understood the mindset where you're just playing to do stuff. And it's like, what, what are you doing? Just like the object of the game is to win. What are we doing? Like, that's always what I do. It's like you pick up any new board game. It's like the goal of the game is listed at the top, which usually involves how to win. And that's how I approached every board game. That's how I've approached every 
whatever, you know, every game of Magic. And, you know, I've had plenty of people play games with me and be like, wow, you suck all the fun out of it trying to min-max and do all this stuff. I don't know what you want from me. Like, I'm competitively mindset. Yeah, That's what I do. I get that all the time. Like, um, I don't know, have you ever played the board game Takedo, I think it's called? Can't say I have. You know, the whole point of the board games is meant to be, like, a more casual thing. Like, you're just, like, going around and you can do different things. Like, shopping, but, like, different things get you points. So it's meant to just be like this little thing. I actually played this with my uh, the person I was dating at the time with her and her parents, and I just like le- figured out quickly how to min max things. Yeah, and like I beat them all by like, twenty points. She's like, "You ruined it!" Like the whole point of this is to be fun and relaxing and casual. I was like, I- "It's a board game. Like I'm here to I'm here to win." Yeah, it's just, yeah. Right come on, like right we're, here, we're playing games. It's it's fun. game on. Yeah. Like let's go. <laughs> it's it's blade time. No, absolutely. Exactly. It's like I don't. I'm not good at sports and stuff. Let me have this. Yeah, I need something. Um, yeah. I'll say I'll say one of the things that I continue to do, and 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 Drake, I think you said it on another one of the podcasts here. It's just like you want to show your card. You want to say, "I found this interaction. Let me let me show you what it does, and let me like sh- like let really really showcase this thing I put in my deck." And I still do that. I last last year, I think it was last year. This this uh this card called Dragon's Approach came out. Mm. Um, and I was like, "This is this is a relentless rat sorcery. I'm going to build this deck." And <laughs> Yeah, you, you drop a Pyromancer's Ascension in oh, your commander yeah. deck. Talk to and me. You drop I a, love Pyromancer's Ascension. A thrumming stone mm-hmm. in your commander deck. And it's like that no nobody can do that. Nobody wants to do that, but I'll 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 win a game with it and then it'll go back to what I what I mentioned earlier. It'll reinforce that 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 idea in my mind that like I'm I'm on the right path. I'm gonna stay on this path. And it's and it's really to have fun. Now I I'm not gonna play dragons of I actually might play Dragon's Approach in Conquest. Don't tell anybody. I would never. But, um, but in CDH, your secret like, safe that's it's probably wrong. Like, like it's it's not. I'm not going to say probably. It's absolutely wrong. I'm sorry. Um, but it's going to be a great time in those at those other tables. And I'd say one of the problems I have now, I don't have a casual deck that's built. I go to stores. <laughs> I can't. I can't make a new friend because. It's like, oh, you don't have a CDH deck. I have to sit with these other three people I came with, um, which you know is is a problem, not a problem, but it's it's a strange strange in between that I'm at now. No, I like it because it does. I think it gets talked about a lot where there is somewhat of a divide between the rest of the EDH kind of community and CDH. That's why people try to call it a different format, which I think is heinous. It mm-hmm. is obviously not a different format. You're literally following the exact same rules of EDH. You are playing EDH. I hate to break it to you, CDH is EDH. Like, it's, you're literally just playing EDH, but trying. You're actually just trying to win. And mm-hmm. that's okay. That's fine. You know, once again, if you are casually mindsetted, that's what uh, Shivam says all the time. Hopefully I said uh, their name right. But uh, he has a shirt that says, uh, casual is a mindset, not a power level. And it's just very, very true. Like, if you show up here to play the game, that's okay. That is very valid. It's a very reasonable thing to do. It's not something I do very often, but that's okay. Like everyone, you know, should have their own space to be in and to do their thing. So CEDH is the same format. There's no reason for it to be a different format. And frankly, I think if you tried to give it a different ban list too, you just don't even have CEDH anymore. You're kind of ruining the whole point. The whole point Mm -hmm. is to take this format where traditionally people don't try and say, hey, what happens if we do try? You know, what does it look like if we just turn this up to the max? What does that look like? And I think that speaks a lot to the traditional way, if there is a traditional way, that people get into CDH. Now, I really like 
going over it with you because you've been playing since 95. You've come, you've gone, you've seen everything. You've been here, like, most of the existence of Magic. And CEDH really wasn't that big until about five-ish years ago, which is really strange to me as well. Like, people tried to power their decks up and stuff, but no one was ever sitting there like, okay, how do I, how do I crack this open? Well, um, yeah, I have one example that's connected to that that Wizards product, right? Because mm-hmm. and the LED, you know. So, so I had a I had bought because uh, I, I I'm just a fiend. I'll, it's just like oh, new Magic product. Let me just you know here take my money. <laughs> um, but but they had a deck come out that was a, a you know um, I'm sorry, I'm going to say bug. You know, bug is going to be black, blue, green. Rug is going to be red, blue. Uh, green, so because uh, I'm old, um, but it was a bug deck, the Mimeoplasm, and mm-hmm. when that when that product came out, Lion's Eye Diamond was not legal in Commander, and Mimeoplasm came out, and I think by the time of the next expansion that Wizards came out with, they did a, a big unbanning, and they they banned unbanned cards, and that's that's been great, I think, for the format, you know, to change a few things, uh, police things, that's fine, it's going to happen. But they unbanned LED, and I had the Mimeoplasm, so I would I would disc I would play LED and discard a Croson Cloud Scraper and a Scytherix, Oof. and my opponents are dead. And I can I can I can do that on turn two. Nobody wants to be dead on turn two in a casual commander game. That's true. So uh, I had to not. I just didn't play the Mimeoplasm. I just like yeah. I I guess I I guess I won't play this anymore. Because it doesn't line up with my friends, it doesn't play well with others. Um, yeah. So, but it's that same. It's that same thing. Yeah, I feel like we all have that experience of like there's just like one person who put together a deck and then like the play group decided to ban it. Like um, this is before I really started playing Commander. This is one more of like I was humoring hum- humoring my friends. Like when I was home from spring break or whatever, they would play. And at this point, they were playing super casual, and it's just be like, oh, we all want to play Commander. I was like, uh, sure, uh, give me a deck, and I guess we'll play. Um, <laughs> So this is before I really knew like, anything, and they were really much playing like kitchen, like tabletop. But like they had self rules. They're like expropriate, banned. We just don't want to deal with it. Uh, Derevi was another card that they just decided to ban mm-hmm. within the playground. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I didn't even know what these cards did. I was just like, okay, sure, these are words. There's a Derevi, and apparently it's good. I, sure. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's definitely. I think it's cool to see when like there's various different playgroups, like the random stuff that they just have like a soft ban on or it's just like we this doesn't jive with us and i know that happens a lot especially with like staxi cards like people are just like just don't play winter warp just just stop like why are you doing this <laughs> yeah it's interesting because i don't know that i had a consistent enough casual edh play group often enough so my first okay i guess i'll i'll, I'll kind of go into my my process or whatever i started playing magic and whatever eighth edition time frame my parents taught me how to play on revised magic cards because that's what they had. And they taught me things like mana burn and like if you forgot to untap, you just didn't untap. Like all those kinds of crazy old stuff that was not even close to still in effect even then in uh, 2000, what was it, three? Uh, either way. Um, and so that's how I played for most of the time. I played 60 card formats, but it was just like whatever. It was just kitchen table with my parents. And, you know, my dad was casting demonic tutors and stuff, and I'm casting whatever the latest thing, a Golgari Rotworm or what have you. I, <laughs> it was, it was embarrassing, but, you know, whatever. We still had, uh, close games overall, because it's all revised cards, and my mom always played white, and she had the Sarah Angel deck, and my dad had the Singer Vampire deck, and they would play up against each other. It was cute. But, um, I started getting more into magic, because, like, I'm a competitive guy, I'm like, whatever, you know, I'm gonna buy more cards, mm-hmm. I'm gonna make my deck better. And eventually I, I started beating them a lot. 
And they really didn't want to play with me anymore because I was winning too much. They're like, all these new cards, they're busted. Ah, that's no fun. Okay, cool. Sure, whatever. So I'm just kind of doing my thing. And then I'm like, all right, well, clearly my decks are just stuff. So I I begin thinking about going to play like FNMs and stuff. Like, where can I, where can I take it more seriously? Like, where are the tournaments? Like, where can I do stuff? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what eventually led me to play my first FNM, which was a new Phyrexia draft years and years later. I mean, I'm in school. I'm doing plenty of other things, playing video games, being a kid. But eventually down the line, I do decide to start playing FNMs. And I realized Magic's actually like a lot more popular than I thought. Like there are people from Mm -hmm. my high school that aren't just me that are at this uh, game shop I went to. I see people in the mornings playing games and stuff. And so at this point, keep in mind, I don't think I've even played a single game of Commander. Like, I think one of the first things that got me into Commander was buying, like, a pre-con Commander deck. But I, I may have my timeline a little wrong, because I remember my first casual deck being a Drana deck. The the Vampire from uh, were, uh, Eldrazi? Rise of the Eldrazi? Clustier Bunchy. Yeah, she was, ri- was Rise of the Eldrazi. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah there you go. She just, like, eats all the Commanders. She's just, like, whatever. Yeah. You just put Cabal Coffers in your deck, you just play a bunch of swamps, eat all the commanders, and then she beats you up with commander damage. Busted. How do you not, how do you ever lose? So it was like a vampire tribal thing. I love tribal stuff, still do. Um, but so that's all well and good. But as you can see, there's kind of a diverging path there. There's like the commander is what I get into when I don't want to take magic seriously. But the rest of the time, like I'm playing standard, I'm playing modern as I play through FNMs. And that's really kind of where I started. I went the LGS route, played FNMs, played FNMs. Eventually I see people playing commander and I play my commander deck. And overall it's fairly reasonable and power level. It's nothing way over the top. As you can imagine that nothing about Drana sounds super busted, like CDH power level. And it wasn't until I had already been grinding tournaments like SCG events and all that stuff that I sat down with an actual play group, people that I traveled with and was like, what if we like, we, none of us can figure it out. Like we actually took time to try to get decks that are on the same power level for casual. We're like, okay, we want our decks to be about this kind of power level. And we all tried to put them together and we all put decks together so we could just play and do casual stuff with just the four of us. Cause we never had enough to cube and over and over again, there would be something that was too far. You know, whatever. It'd be like, okay, let's not do land destruction. Nobody likes that. Let's not do, you know, whatever. Everybody discards their hand. Nobody likes that. And we, we had these, like, kind of... It's not banned, but, like, if you're doing it, like, be doing something fun with it, at least. Because who wants to sit there and play against Armageddon's all day? We, we don't. But it was always something. Like, I think one of them was Carador. was, like, too much value from the graveyard. Like, all the fair decks that were just trying to draw cards naturally couldn't keep up. And then there was... You know, what, and that was kind of actually a lot of it is like you either had fair decks that were trying to draw cards, play wraths, maybe just try to win with combat damage against graveyard decks that would just go unchecked for long periods of time. Or you had like crater hoof decks, like decks that just like would slam this thing as a win condition because nobody wants to sit there for nine hours or whatever. And the sweepers just can't keep up. And then I tried playing slivers, which is, I love tribal. I still play slivers. I have a really sweet slivers deck, but that was just too resilient. Like over and over and over again, we literally iterated on this like four or five times trying to find decks that were close to the same power level. We failed every single time we failed. And so eventually we decided, well, what if we just, what if we just said, screw it? What if we just tried as hard as we could? Like, what if we tried to make these decks as broken as possible? At least we're on the same page power level wise. Like we don't have to sit here and deal with this. Oh, your deck's a little too much. You know, keep turning the knobs, turning the knobs and never getting it right. What if we just try it? See what happens. Like, it sounds miserable. It sounds like we're going to die on turn two every single game because there's so much busted mana. Like, that's literally what we're talking, what we're saying to each other. It's like, there's a chance it's awful. There's a chance it just sucks. But there's somebody locally that said it's kind of fun. 
And, you know, that individual has been trying to find other people to play with because there was nobody in the area that did. It's like, what if we, what if we tried it? What if we tried it? And so I went and just literally typed into Google competitive EDH search. And I found this tapped out link that had commanders by tier and decks for each, like uh, each of the higher tier stuff. You're really dating yourself referencing tapped out. Just wanted to point that yeah, out. Oh yeah. Come on. I, I mean, I already talked about how old I am. Like, well, it's, it's I, I'm not even going to say the word net decking. Uh, oh, no, don't. <laughs> it's, it's a uh, bad word in the 60 know, card it's, format it's, era. It's, we can't, we can't do that. Right. Like mm. with the, with the, with the, with the journey that magic has taken and now you can play with no cards and just pixels. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the, dip. Now, they didn't, they didn't see that coming and nobody did, but yeah, now we have the internet and, and we know exactly what everybody else can do. Um, but yeah, I didn't know if you're, I didn't know, uh, any more to your story. Yeah, oh no, I that's, I mean, that's about it. It's like, essentially we all just like proxied a deck up. I think I actually ended up just buying the cards cause I've been playing forever. I had like a full legacy collection with multiple decks. So like I was missing like seriously like 30 cards and they were not the prices they were today. I'll tell you that. And so I, I'm also lucky, like you, that I got in early. I'm a big foils guy, so I got a bunch of foils before they were obscenely expensive. And, you know, as a result, you know, I, I have all these cards that I don't really plan on selling, but if I need to, I guess I can. But, like, essentially, it's something that we gave a shot. We played it, and we're like, holy cow. This is, like, vintage but fun. Because we played vintage before, and it was awful. We hated it. But, like, we play it, like, and it feels... Like you're playing with vintage cards, you know, you have Lotuses, you have Moxin, you have Mental Misstep, you have all this stuff. It feels like vintage, but like you have four players participating in the game and it's just like actually really fun. There's much cool interactions. There's a ton of space to brew and explore. And, but like the power level, like you kind of get a feel for it after playing a few different decks. And so I literally just started playing with those people and we just, we just loved it. We played it and I still play with some of those people today, but I think that's kind of not very I don't, I don't want to say it's not traditional because I don't actually know. I don't know how the average person gets into CDH, but from what I understand, it seems like legacy and CDH share a lot of space. And I thought a lot of people's story were going to be like mine. People that just get fed up with the stupid power level conversations and are like, all right, what's just going to try? If you create something busted, good for you. You broke it. Like, that's good. We should be playing your deck. And that's how I treat competitive magic anyway. Why not do mm-hmm. the same thing? With my cat, and that's because the answer is because I never play magic casually anymore. But, like, at the end of the day, you know, it's not surprising that it appeals to me as someone that doesn't really get the casual mindset that well. That's a, you know, a flaw of mine. I'm sorry, but it, it is, it just simplified so much frustration in our play group as far as talking about power level, talking about how games play out. And, you know, we always tried to do the sweet thing, but then we just get run over by something better. It's like, all right, you know what? Let's just try. Let's just try our best. Mm-hmm. And that's how we ended up in CDH. And I've been playing, you know, off and on since. I've taken breaks during especially like 2019 when I was doing SCG Tour stuff like really, really hard. 2018, kind of same story. But throughout, like I've always played some and I've always had my decks together. And it's been really fun. And during the pandemic, Spell Table like kind of really skyrocketed in popularity. And then I've been playing they a lot since lives. then. Yeah. Lives. Oh, absolutely. Spell Table. Wow. Shout out. Incredible piece of software that did so, so much for enabling CDH to explode in popularity over the last few years. So well, I don't want to track things on Cockatrice, right? I don't want to do that. Awful. So I'm not going <laughs> to. Cockatrice is so bad. I, I but, love but it for free, said, but it is so bad. Something you said, though, it's just like that 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 bridge. Like, where do you come from? Because, like, even, even you say, oh, oh, you play Magic the Gathering. That doesn't mean anything. It's like in a movie when they go to the bar, like, I'll have a beer. 
what does that even mean? Yeah, there's so many. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I I like to read. What does that mean? You don't. It doesn't mean what you read. Anyways. I like breathing. So playing magic. Me too. Yeah, playing, <laughs> playing Magic the Gathering doesn't equal any language, and and I think like going going into Commander, going to CDH, that bridge, like we're talking about from com- casual to competitive, just like you don't win with Commander damage. Like, how do you win? And I and I think that's the edge. I think. Having alternate win conditions, or actually, you know, if, if you're Mikey, you have only one win condition, right? Is to draw cards, and Mikey wins. Um, and answer everything, I think that's the other thing. Uh, take two, Mikey. Uh, the, the thing that you have in DEDH, right, is that you have other ways to, to get to that end state where it's, like, impossible for you to lose and you win. And I would say, like, I, I've sat in LGS where... Uh, guy had guy had smothering tithe mm. we're playing and he l- literally makes 40 treasures it's a good card untaps <laughs> untaps and passes and i would say this uh, that that and that brings like that i was thinking about that game and that that guy and i was like if if you think you have a cdh deck if you're like my deck is high power is it cdh if you like on turn three if something magical happened and you had 10 cards and 10 treasures if you can't win on that turn, I, I don't. I don't think you have a com- competitive commander deck. Um, I, I think. I think you want. You're. You're having fun. I don't discourage what you're doing. You've got to be. You've got to be able to close. Um, and and that's and that's. I think that's that's something that has to happen for you to thrive in the format. But don't stop playing. I'm just saying. Like, you're, you're not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna make day two in top sixteen. Um, you know because. Because we know about what happened at Marchesa, like that 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 deck, Coibido can win in 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 that situation very very easily. Um, that so that's what makes it competitive, in spite of what anybody may tweet. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. Like your example, like if your deck can has ten cards in it and you have ten open mana on turn three, like you should probably be able to win if you're in CDH. Like I just think that's something that kind of points us to, um, I know this is a little bit of a different discussion, but why things like Paradox Engine and like Cold Breacher got banned is because people in casual would play these very powerful cards, do their dirtling thing where they keep storming off, but then they would take a 30-minute turn and pass. Or in the example of Hole Breacher, if someone resolves a Hole Breacher in CDH and someone casts a wheel, you're dead. Like, yeah, it might take like one turn cycle, but you're dead. <laughs> but in casual, people would wheel into Breacher, one person would have, you know, seven cards, 21 treasures or whatever, and they would just keep passing turn over and over again because the game just can't close out. And mm-hmm. I really think that shows the disparity. Like these cards are both very objectively powerful in both formats, but they got banned because casual players are not able to effectively use them to close out the game. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, also, I do, I do like the bannings just for like play pattern reasons. Like even Hole Breacher, I, I know you disagree, Mike, and we could have this fight all day. But Hole Breacher is not very fun to play against. Like getting got by Hole Breacher sucks. Like it's, it's a yeah. lot better, I guess, for um, not really. Opposition Asian also kind of sucks, but it comes up less, so you feel it less. Whereas whole breacher, your, your mystics are shut down. Your awful. mystics are shut down. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so awful, so awful. And wheels are so fun normally, like objectively, like game design, like it just doesn't matter. Like wheels are fun because it's something that the whole table participates in. That's like big and flashy. You see Patrick Sullivan refer to them all the time as like that's a really cool part of EDH is that these you know these wheels see play and it's the whole table participating. You don't get that a lot in Magic, and the the fact they're powerful is just awesome. It's just awesome. They're awesome. And so it takes this like really cool, unique thing about EDH and makes it just a combo piece. And that sucks. 
Mm-hmm. And and I would say the bannings, unbannings, like the and and not that they're not powerful today. I'm not saying that, but green commander decks, mono green commander decks specifically, uh, mm. were very very abusive uh, before the CED EDH you know meta game was created, right? Because during that time, you had Primeval Titan, and you had Emrakul the Aeon Sworn, which you can't lose. So, like, those mono green decks and anybody that can play those two cards, like, those cards must be banned because they are just, they kind of like, oops, all win cons. Like, I, I win the game, you have no permanence, it has protection from instance. Uh, so, 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 yeah, those are, those are very, I, li- I lived through that era. And I just like, no, I, I hate, I hated my friend Freya because she had a Azusa deck. I was like, no, don't play that deck. It's too good. Um, and now there's, 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 there's Azusa casual yeah. decks and there's, yeah, and like Vorinclex is another, uh, casual pub stompy card that was great in mono green, you know, doubling mm-hmm. all your mana. People don't get to untap their lands. Like, that's a card to, Bane of existence for casual players. Super but now fun. Super yeah, yeah. fun. <laughs> I, I loved playing. That was a card that like, I played a little bit um, back when I was doing like casual stuff. But you know, oh, I didn't know you played own. casual during like the like when that card kind of was released. When, when did you actually start playing Magic? So for me, it was I was a Yu-Gi-Oh player in high school. Like that was what I did. I and I wasn't like that much of a grinder, but I would still go to like locals, regionals, and stuff, and like do decently well. Oh, um, I never took like that competitively but i did like pretty well at like local tournaments and things like that but um that was like my start into like tcgs and like i got really into it in high school like you know all the meta decks and everything i mean like you see how i take like cd like i'm very much like this is what i think is most optimal like i don't really play stuff that i think is necessarily fun i do it's what i find most fun is what i also think is like just optimal at the time um so i did a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh, and then i went off to college my friends that played Yu-Gi-Oh, they started to shift into magic and they started to play modern and different things like that. I never touched modern or 60 card formats, as Drake and I had mentioned before. Like, I really have no <laughs> background in that. Um, but then they started to play commander. And like I said, it was like this very on and off thing. Like, I didn't even own a deck for like the first like year I quote unquote played commander, but I did, I really just did not enjoy it. I was like, this is so slow. Like, no one's doing anything. Like, I looked at one person's deck and it was like this angel tribal deck. I was like, Ooh. I don't do anything until like turn seven. He's like, yeah, that's the point of the deck. But then turn seven, you just win. And um, cause you just keep dropping angels. I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> but like, you know, they need, they need four people to play a game. So I was just like humoring them more or less. And then, sure. um, one summer I had an internship that was in DC. So that was really close to like where I grew up and stuff. So I didn't like have to get an apartment in DC. I would just commute in. And my dad also worked in DC at the time. So it was really easy just to commute together. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be around a lot. My friends like playing magic. Let me buy a deck. So I bought two commander decks, like just straight up. It was Mirren and Alora. I think I put like $350 into both, into both decks combined. And I just re- literally went to, um, like, MTG Goldfish, just looked up deck lists, or I-, I went to, like, maybe Jumbo Commander, I think, something like that. I don't remember exactly where I got them from, but, like, I just used a stock list online because I don't know anything. I don't, yeah, yeah. You know, so Makes I- sense. So I just put it- put the deck together, bought it, played, and, like, it was kind of fun, but, like, I really wasn't enjoying it that much. And by the end of the summer, when my internship ended, I literally just gave the decks away to two of my friends for free. Like, I was just like, cool, take them. What? And then... I, so I enjoyed the play, playing with them a bit, and then so I started to, like, up my game a little bit. After I graduated college, they're like, oh, like, let's go to SCGs together. I was like, cool, like, we don't see each other often. If being able to hang out with you guys and, like, have a good weekend means going to SCG, just because, like, our schedules don't line up that much, you know, being an adult is hard. I was like, let me take this a little bit more seriously. Let me put more time into it. Let me actually build a deck that I think is better. I have more money now because I have a real person job. It's not just an internship. 
So I put together uh, two color Omnath, uh, the red uh, green one that like mm. makes elementals and pings people, and it was like oh, yeah. landfall synergy. And I thought at this point I was hot shit. I was like, All right. I put like <laughs> busted. You broke it. Yeah, I was like, I put like eight hundred or a thousand dollars into this deck. I was like, no one does that because like coming from Yu Gi Oh, like even the top tier decks of the format costed like two hundred dollars at the time. I know this has changed a lot, but when I played, like you would have tiers tier one, tier zero deck for two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars. So I thought the fact that I put eight hundred dollars into a commander deck meant I have to win everything. Like I, can't this lose. has to just be it. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I just can't <laughs> lose. And then I went to this SCG round one. Uh, we did like one of those pay to play commander pods, whatever you know, where you pay like ten bucks and you pay for tickets. Yeah. And this guy sat down with Brea, and I didn't know what the fuck it did. Hmm, I was just like, okay, oh, <laughs> I'm ready to, I'm ready to go. And his turn one just did a bunch of shit, tutored, and then turn two he won with dramatic reversal. And I was like, yo, I want to do that shit. Wait that a minute, <laughs> life yeah, update. Like, that that looks I'm... more powerful. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, that looks so cool. And like he sat down and he did the usual thing where like someone accidentally like pub stomps like sorry like I didn't really know the power level and you know we're playing for tickets I was like dude like it it happens I heard about this happening I never saw it happen I thought people were lying to me that you could just win turn two because what the, like the deck building I was doing I was like this just how do you do that That's yeah how amazing. do you do it you have, you have ninety nine singleton so, how do you do this so <laughs> realistically I started playing commander probably like. Summer of like 2014, that's when I actually put together this Omnath list. And I played casual commander for like a month, seriously. And then this pub stomping experience happened, went home, stumbled across Laboratory Maniacs, and then I put together Karanos Blue Moon and the rest is history. I got all into CEDH, and then my second deck was uh, Blood Pot. So realistically, I only played casual for a month and then <laughs> took for the a deep month. Dive in- <laughs> yeah, sure. and then I took the deep dive into CEDH. Because uh, as we said, like we like to min max, we like to play very powerful stuff, and it led me to that. And then at this point, I was playing CEDH, my friends were not. Um, I had no one to play with because I just moved to a new city, but I was like, this is what I want to do. So I want to go to events, mm-hmm. find those people, and like I would play with my friends, and every game was a 3v1, which I ended up still winning. You'd most still of the just time absolutely people. destroy them. They don't yeah. even have time to get a hold of anything. Rampant growth, cool, Paranos kill stacks. you. Yeah, <laughs> especially because it was stacks. And then I put together Blood Pod, and that one was a little bit more fair because Blood Pod actually technically has a pretty bad matchup against more casual decks because the way that it really won or like was by pressuring life totals and everything and then trying to hit your combo, but when your threats are 1 1 Sapperling tokens and Atana. That doesn't really work that well in casual where they're dropping like five fives and stuff. So that one had a little bit of a better matchup. Like I still won most of the games, but that one was like more fun. Because sure. things like Blood Moon aren't that great in casual matchups. Nope. Regardless. Oh, here's all my basics. Rampant growth? Oh no. That's pretty good under yeah. Blood Moon. <laughs> that was my intro into CDH with Staxi decks. And then I picked up Gitrog and I was terrible at it. I was so bad. I was playing in Philly. Like all the people that played in Philly came from 60 card formats and playing CDH for a while. And like I was so bad. Like I was kind of like the. That's the guy who just kept losing, but just like was smiling. Like, I'm having fun. I'm learning. And <laughs> Crying so behind the not... smiling mask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I wasn't able to do like anything with Gitrog, but I kept sticking with the deck, practicing it. And that's when I found out like, oh, I'm a combo player. And like when I started to get better at Gitrog, then that's just what really made me fall in love with the format. And it was definitely trial by fire because the Philly meta is very much like no takesie backsies, like no matter what, even when I was learning. <laughs> Savage. Like, if, I, if I, yeah, like if I, if I cast something into like Aven, it didn't matter what. They're like, nope, like you're done. Sucks or, like, to suck. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. But I think that's what helped me learn so fast that's and get so, so good because I had to just learn. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I took it personally. It's like, that's how I played Yu-Gi-Oh! It's like, if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. So mm-hmm. obviously it was a lot because I'm not used to like all these different cards. So while I'm, Getting into CEDH, because I said I only played Commander for like a month before this, I had to learn all these cards, deal with all these rules interactions that I've never dealt with before because I've never played 60 card formats. And then on top of that, I'm playing with players that are pretty good. Like, for instance, Kai was someone who was in my local playgroup at the time. This is someone who was teaching me how to play. And he's a pretty good player, as you two know. Mm-hmm. And th- th- this was my intro to it, right? 
Yeah. It's like if um, my first intro to playing CDH is like I'm playing with the playing with power guys, and it's just like, hey, uh, this is my first time, and then I just get stopped. Right, stopped. <laughs> oh, right. Well, a little little well, mic like, cameo. Like I love that. that. Uh, it's like that uh, that old adage is like iron sharpens iron, right? You you're you can play with casual players, and you're gonna be casual, but then you're gonna see something, right, or or learn something from another player, and it's gonna affect you in such a way. You internalize that and you look at other things in that way. Like, and, and if I'm going to build a, com- a casual deck today, I have to have an assignment. I have to include uh, 28 Dragon's Approach cards. Yeah, yeah. You have to have <laughs> some, like, structure to what is making this, yeah. like, forced to be casual. I'm the same a, way. Um, yeah. I had a silver-bordered commander deck. I built Baron Von Count when it got spoiled. I, like, I built, I have a Baron Von Count casual deck. Um and it's it's got a lot of other silver bordered cards that people want me to stop that. Uh, there's a pun there, um, but, <laughs> but 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 the cool but the cool things I like is like when they oh. come out with these new cards, we try to break those cards. We try to look at only 100 cards, and we can o- only sit down with that number. Like that is such that is such an awesome animal to be to be trying to you know break into this. And now that um, I think it was just a, like a month ago. Right, twenty-seven lands is now the new twenty-nine lands. I hate that's Mikey. That's Mikey. Talk to Mikey. That ain't me. I got twenty-nine. Sometimes thirty. See at the table. I'm casting my spells. But those are those those are those little little tiny like like we mentioned over and over those min max things. Like if you make an argument for each and every card, and that and that's why that's why it's like such a fun time to do online with brewing now. It's just like. I have a I have a bad idea, and that's and that's the evolution of the Shorakai that I've I've taken to tournaments and done and done fairly well with. It's like I have a bad idea uh, that Shorakai is good with Intruder Alarm. Thank you very much. It was bad uh, and not not a CEDH viable thing, but I'm going to keep working at it. And this card works with the humility. We'll figure it out. Yeah, that's, uh, and that's how I a lot of good ideas start. Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, I can only do that with help from the community. I, I'm. I'm only going to be as good as, as my ideas by myself and, and, and don't stop playing, but like in that casual format, I look at these cards, these cards interact. Steel of the Godhead goes into my Zer deck. I did that when, when I started playing Commander. <laughs> I put Steel of the Godhead, it gives him plus two, plus two. And that's so big. Are you crazy? <laughs> um, and, and, and that's, and that's not a bad idea because it does work. Um, is it a competitive idea? No, you're you're playing the game. You're gaining life. You're attacking. Um, sure. So both both are correct, but but that but like like you said, it's a it's definitely a bridge to walk if you're gonna play in in CDH. Definitely. So I, I have I have a quick question. I guess I actually have two questions. Mikey, first one's for you. When you got started, you said you're playing with the Philly meta. They're playing this like super ruthless magic. Do you think in general? And I, this is an honest question. This isn't like trying to bait any kind of answer out. I really want your opinion on this. Do you think that that is a good way to get casuals into CDH? Because like I see a lot of people that would play whatever competitive formats and stuff. They think that that's how it plays out. Is a lot of times you play against somebody and they you just royally screw up and they're like no takesy backsies and it leaves this bitter taste in their mouth. But I want to know because like for you and me, I don't mind playing like that. I do think it is a little aggressive, but I don't mind playing like that. Make it count. You know, mean what you say, mean what you do, make your decisions like purposefully. What What are your thoughts on it? Do you think you would be as into it, more into it, less into it, had you not been in that trial by fire environment? Um. So personally, I loved it. Like, 
I, like as we talked about earlier when we're talking about board games, I'm just naturally a pretty competitive person, and when like I get into a game, I want to play it to the highest level and be like the best I can be at it. So I think it's the reason why I got so deep into CDH, and I also think why my growth in the game was so accelerated because it really made me like do research. I had to look up all the different deck lists. I had to know what everyone was doing. I had to know what my own deck was doing better. I had to know common interactions. And this was also when Flash was legal, so I also had was forced to play Discipline. Like I said, Blood Pot was one of my first lists. I threw a lot of early games because I didn't understand how Flash worked or like that Flash was like such a prominent card. So I'd cast something like Rule of Law, and everyone's like, well, this is either going to go really long or we're just dead. Oh, we're because, dead right uh, now. <laughs> and like, it, it also worked too because like I played Naramea as one of my early decks. So like someone else had a Rule of Law out. And I was the one blue player at the table, or one of the few blue players. So, like, I cast, like, Aristic Study, thinking, like, yeah, this is a good call, but there's a real blast. And then the Flash player was like, Flash? And I was like, oh. Uh-huh. So, it really just made me learn, like, all these things. And, like, like I said, like, being stuck dealing with my game actions, it just made me have really good tight play. I think you can kind of see that with, like, you know, when we play online in webcam, I am usually the first person that gets tilted when the stack gets messy or people are skipping priority. Oh, and yeah. it's no, I think that just made me, me a much better Please player. It's helped down. me like, teach people more. It helps me... It's definitely the reason why I got so into it, because I think if people were all loosey-goosey and feely, when I was playing, I'd be like, all right, like this is not much different than people playing casual. It's just we're playing with better cards. So I really respected that, and it's really what led to me getting to the point that I am now. And, you know, I, I think I've gotten all, all right at this game, and I definitely do think that Takai... Uh, our, our friends like Ben and JD and all these people that really just like hammered home like just don't be an idiot like this is how you get good <laughs> don't be an idiot get good, get good scrub <laughs> yeah no because like I, I definitely threw a lot of early games and I could tell that they were frustrated but it wasn't like they stopped playing with me they wanted to help me learn I was just like yeah like don't do that again <laughs> you know and I definitely wouldn't have gotten that experience if like I put a risk study on the stack saw a rule of law and they were like whoa, whoa, whoa wait no take that back like they, this guy might be playing flash or something along those lines sure. right so like it, the fact that I had to keep paying attention so I'd be cautious of my actions made me a lot better than that. Got me a much into it because I saw that people were taking this format seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's all about it's all about rules too. Is because I, I was I was there in in North Carolina, uh, like working at a local store, and there were a couple pros, and uh, there were local pros, and they go to those bigger events. But just because they know the mechanics of the game in such a higher level. You could play in a sealed event or play in a draft event because because you don't think about it, right? You see this old footage of these events. Like, how do pros make it to like top four in a draft or top four in a sealed event? Because that's what they used to do. It's because they have this expertise in the game of the rules and mechanics and when to when to double block, when to well, we we used to be able to stack damage, all these different kinds of iterations of the game. But they know the mechanics so well that they can play at that level and they make it right. I think that's that's one of the setbacks and why you can't sit down with a casual group because you're going to have that argument like they're they're going to jump priority, um, oh, and, it, yeah, and it's so not their it's not their fault. It's one right? of my pet but, peeves actually is when people just keep skipping priority stuff. It just drives me nuts. You just could never do that in a sixty card format where counter spells are part of the equation and stuff. It's just like honestly, it's like borderline cheating, which I think is why it gets under me my skin so much is like that is like a tangible way people cheat is they'll like try to skip past priority by doing a bunch of actions really quick and be like oh well you didn't respond like that happens it doesn't happen often and usually like it's somebody being obviously a jerk they've been a jerk in other ways like this is clearly something like habitual to them is they're just trying to get you anyway they're usually called angle shooters is the term Mm -hmm. but like 
most of the time, casual players just don't actually understand how priority works because priority is actually somewhat com- complicated on top of a rules engine that's already complicated. So inside a multiplayer game, exactly, like, <laughs> it gets so much more complex in multiplayer. I, got, I had a lot of friends that would just go to drafts and then they'd sell back their cards and then be like, mm-hmm. "That was free. I, I like this foil. I'll keep it." Like, and that's all they did in Magic, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you you take that player and you put them into a multiplayer one hundred card singleton. There's a new way to win called commander damage. Like that is so much. That's a mountain of things to try to remember and recall. And in, in Magic: The Gathering, oh, or a beer, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and you, you, you can't, you can't have an expectation on yourself. You're going to be great at it. So, like, just, just, just continue. Find, find. I, I find what's fun for me. And now, with, with the cabal. <laughs> uh, it, that's what's fun, and I and I think that's going to continue to be fun. Um, and and I, I I don't know where where I'm going to go from here, but it's just like this this is this is really really interesting that this game can do this for for the for the participants. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that is that is the cool part. And CDH being kind of a niche community, this is kind of I think where I ultimately want this this entire episode to go is I feel like this community has a lot of opportunities as it is more or less still in its infancy. When you compare it to like Magic as a whole, I think CDH is still more or less very much in its infancy, especially when it comes to information sharing, establishing heuristics, you know, constructing Mm -hmm. tournaments. We've had an episode about that, about getting consistent tournaments. What is tournaments EDH play? Do not ever say TEDH, please. It is is a cancer on this earth. It is so bad. Yeah, I, I hate it's CDH with a timer. That's all that it is. Like what, things are Ted H. Ted Ted H. Oh, I know it. Oh, I know it's so bad. It's so bad. CDH is already a subsection of EDH. We don't need TEDH as a subsection. It's not even a subsection. It's all EDH. It's all EDH. I know it's all these artificial distinctions because it's like CDH is just EDH played with a higher power level. TEDH is just. EDH with a timer. Like, I, it drives me crazy. I, I just hate people just need to categorize all this stuff. It's like, it's, it's all the same. You're shit. not clever. You're not clever for coining a different term. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Please just don't do it. You're just, you're just talking about, you could say tournament CDH or tournament EDH. I don't care. Just, just say the word tournament so people know what you're talking about. CEDH just had to be said so many but, times that now we use CEDH and like yeah, there's it's enough been adopted. Gatekeeping in the community and things yeah, that prevent oh people gosh. from joining as it is. Like let's not keep throwing more terms. Like people already don't know what our decks fucking do because they're all stupid names. You know, yeah, I, nobody drive-by. knows what a it's farm like, deck is. That doesn't mean anything. It yeah, doesn't mean I was anything. About yesterday with Cal, it's just like what the fuck is farm? And it's like I thought I knew. That ended up being just Tim and Bruce used to be farmers, quote unquote. They lived on a farm together. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I hate. Yeah, that. nobody knows what you're talking about. Nobody, nobody knows what a farm. Deck no, is. no, no, no. She's in textile. She's a weaver. Like that's absolutely wrong. Oh, okay, they will stop right. adding more to this big backstory. I'm gonna. Yeah, no, up. Diggles, you've been around forever. You don't count. This is just too much. <laughs> That is part of what keeps players from entering this format. Can you imagine if, like, I tried to enter CDH and, like, I walk up and I'm like, oh, cool. Like, what's going on here? It's like, oh, it's CDH, which already the name is, like, indicates it's a different format when it's not. You're still just playing EDH, but you're trying. Whatever. It's easier to have conversations. I get it. But, like, it is part of what makes it less approachable to casuals. And I'm like, okay, I'm casual Drake, which doesn't exist, but whatever. Pretend Drake's casual. And I'm like, okay, what is this deck? It's called Blue Farm. Cool. What's, uh, what's the farm in the deck? Oh, there's there's no farms. There's no farming done at all. It's just it's just blue cards with Timna. Uh, is Timna a farmer? No, she's a weaver. Uh, so why is it why is it called? What does your deck do? <laughs> I I don't understand. And then you have yeah. to go search through the deck list, search through primers, try to figure out how this deck actually wins. Oh, I see. We have breach stuff. We have 
you know, Oracle stuff. Like, please, for love of God, just name decks meaningful names. Cedric Phillips went on about this on infinite podcasts, on infinite broadcasts of uh, SCG Tour stuff. Like, whatever. Some of the legacy names, I'm partial to them, too. He even did, like, work to preserve death and taxes as a name, even though that doesn't mean anything. Like, I get it. It's appealing. And it gives you your more of your own language than Magic already has. But it makes it so hard for people to engage with you when they're not from the same Magic space as you. And there's no reason it should be gatekeepy. So, in conclusion, name your next things that are meaningful. Thank you. Have a nice day. But... Well, I'm, counterpoint, I'm going to say that but All right, like, Lex Luthor from the Silver Age is different from Lex Luthor from the Golden Age, let's be honest. I mean, I mean, Diggles, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, man, I just dated myself a yeah, little you did. bit. Yeah, you did. Go back to the Ice Age, you old man. Yeah, aren't you from the Ice Age? Well, what do you know about ages? No one likes old rabbits. <laughs> well, I, was just, I don't know why I just looked up this card called a Pygmy Allosaurus. But from the Ice Age, there's this dinosaur, and it says summon dinosaur, and then it was errated to a lizard, and then they printed dinosaurs, and they haven't gone back and changed Pygmy Allosaurus from Ice Age. So, so I'm just like I've I'm, I've I've been a dinosaur so long to see dinosaurs come and go and come back again. <laughs> yeah, you've you've become a lizard and then gone back to dinosaur. We don't even know what you are anymore. <laughs> Scaly. You're, you're some reptile either way. No, like I, I think there's a lot that's going on, and actually, the next point I want to, I want to hit on, and I do want to know if this is something you have ever done, Diggles, is when I started looking at like from going to a casual to competitive. The first thing I did was I went to TCGPlayer.com where I buy all my Magic cards, or at least where I bought all my Magic cards at the time. Still kind of do, to be honest. And they have deck lists on the front page, so I was like, cool. Let me look at modern decks. Let me look at legacy decks. Let me see what's popular. What's winning tournaments? You know, and I, at this point in time, I assumed anybody that was in the top eight of a tournament was just busted. They were just the best players ever. Like, these are literally just the most competitive grinders you've ever seen. They're just so good. Insurmountably good. I will never be as good as them. And so it was like a big moment for me the first time I had a deck list that was posted on TCG Player. That was like a really like emotional thing for me. Because it's like I spent years of my life reading uh, deck lists on TCG player just like thinking these people were just insane they just build their decks so well they have it all figured out like they're just great players all of them and oh you know whatever you can argue that is more or less the case but it really shows the delta there between a casual trying to get into competitive magic and but like the point is there's like tournaments I can go click in each tournament I can see what's winning I can see what oh next week there's more tournaments to look at what's changed how are people responding what are the new deck lists you can piece that together just reading deck lists and that's what I did for years and in CDH, you don't have that many, like, you don't really have a decklist hub. We have the decklist database, which is relatively new, but none of those are attached to tournament results. None of those are attached to, like, you know, whatever. In tournament results, they're, I, I, I hit on this, like, literally every episode. Tournament episodes, or tournament uh, results are not be-all, end-alls, but they're a good starting point. It's like, what are people bringing to the table? What are people that are trying, that are paying an entry fee, trying to win money? What are they playing? And so for someone that has no basis whatsoever, it is a good way to find out what are people willing to put money on? What are people willing to say, hey, I think I can win a tournament with this? And you don't have that. That doesn't exist at all in CDH. There is no TCGplayer.com that's posting CDH deck lists. There is no ChannelFireball.com. There is no StarCityGames.com. There is no, there's none of this that posts CDH deck lists from tournaments. So there, that's a big gap is I literally had to Google competitive EDH to find deck lists. And Diggles, did you 
look at Deckless when you started CDH? I mean, you knew Winota was powerful. You figured that one out pretty quick. But like, <laughs> did you did you look at a Winota decklist? Did you like Google around? Did you find some hub of decklists? Like, what what did you do to to start building a C- your first CDH deck? No, I I did I did the same I did the same thing. Uh, I, oh, I had the deck because you're like I can I can do a search. I have an app on my phone. I can I can search for humans. These are the things I want to put into play, right? Mm-hmm. And then I I could just like, uh, and I started like I like I said in my little narrative, like I started with goblins, like oh goblin, this goblin makes a goblin, and these goblins make two goblins, and they tell two friends, so they'll they'll get my humans in play, um, mm-hmm. and then and then now I have to I'd have to say, uh, my my entrance and and to like try try to play a competitive deck. Uh, with Winota specifically, um, I, I think I think my that, my that that might be the exception that makes the rule is that you can still play it and it's and it's good enough because I went through the um, uh, spicuous snoop. I tried to play that in there for a while. Oh yeah, and it's just like I see snoop. I see that played in another deck and I'm like, hmm, that's a goblin. So so with with my play style and what I did with Winota. Is I just continued to play locally and it did what worked. Um, and then when I was able to find that it was actually winning, you look at that deck list and you're like, do I agree with these things? I guess I'll I'll play some of those I'll play some of those ideas. But I saw, but this is and this is the last thing I'll say about Winota, probably not. I saw <laughs> I saw Ian comedian interviewed and he talked about being scared of Shorakai, and I was in that tournament. I didn't get to play Ian. He said sure. he had no answers in his whole deck to answer the card humility, and that was the card I played. I played nineteenth. I, I placed nineteenth. I didn't day two. Still very I had good. a fun time. Yeah, still it was cool. great. Marchesta was a super cool experience. But it's like that's a big difference. It's like it I'm not going to have a deck that can't answer a card in the metagame at all. Like I'm not going to come up with zero. And so it's like I can't build the net deck of Ian's deck because that's not what I'm going to do the hundred cards I have options for. So I think I think there's not I agree there's not a perfect place. Um and there's not a place we go. We see uh stuff on YouTube, I think, is like people are talking about it. Um but but I'll say this and then and then pass to Mikey, because it's like you 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 can see Magda win a tournament. <laughs> I don't so know you if you can play Magda. Because you are not the guy that piloted Magda. A lot of it has to do. It's not about how fast your car can go. Can you keep it on the road? Um, so I, yeah, I would say there's there. I would agree there's not a there's not a good spot, and and maybe that's maybe that's something we can ask the community. Yeah, um, this is definitely something that like was an issue when I was first getting into the format because all I had was like laboratory maniacs because they were the only content creators at the time. I guess like Team Turn Three had some videos, but like the only deck lists I really saw were what they attached on uh, their video. Which is part of the reason I ended up with Karen's Blue Moon. I saw what Cameron did with that in the video, and I was like, that looks awesome. And sure. I watched some of their deck tech videos on, like, uh, they had one on DC Brew Tire, and that looked pretty cool, Zero Doomsday. And, like, that's all I had, because other than that, it was, like, trying to blindly navigate Tapped Out, which I don't know how many people have tried to do that before, but it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's tough. Like, it's, it's tough. It's so hard. And then I know Dan from the Laboratory Max at the time, he had that little Google Doc they put together, or at least I think it was Dan. Like, it was on a Reddit post, which literally just a Google Doc with decks that he felt were pretty good in the meta right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just like no resources, so I was just like blind, just like looking around. And the decks that I started out with were really just from the Laboratory Maniacs channel. Um, that's definitely something I want to see in the future. Whether like there's more tournament organization groups that come up, or maybe like 
EDH starts to just get like more recognized by like you know SCG, MCG Goldfish, whatever it might be, just so we can have a repository of what some of those best decks are, or you know what are what are people playing. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, and also on Diggles's note, I definitely do get pressure when people see like tournament results, and it's like I could play that deck because I guarantee you, if you just bluntly pick up Magda, you're probably not going to do too great with it. And no. it's the same thing with Charles. Like you know, Drake and I talked about how we don't really like win con the stacks and all that kind of stuff, but it's like. Just because Charles can make it work, that does not mean many other people can make that work. Yeah. Like, it takes, like, just because someone's good at something, that doesn't mean that it's necessarily a great strategy overall, or it's something that other people will be able to, like, mimic their success. So, yes, Charles made top four of Marchesa. If you go to the next tournament with Mono White, win Conless stacks, I'll be pretty surprised if you're able to make it to the top 16, personally. Like, I'm not saying it's not doable. I'm not saying that the strategy is completely unviable, but it will be very difficult. And Charles makes it work, but he's also been playing this for years, and meticulously picks every card in that deck for a reason like it's it's just interesting like the <laughs> there's plenty of 60 card specialists as well that are kind of the same thing you know if someone asked me hey drake you know is blue light control good i saw you know guillaume wafutapa you know just top eight at this event with it i'm like look you can tell if it's good you can tell in 60 card formats if a deck is good if players you have never heard of are winning with it because a lot of times, whatever, the Guillaume off the top of the world, he'll play blue-eyed control into anything. And the dude is a master. Just an actual savant at this blue-eyed control stuff. And, you know, whatever. It's like Bryant Cook and Tess. It's like, oh, hey, Drake, like I saw Bryant Cook crush some tournament with Tess. Should I be playing Tess? Like, well, maybe. Are other people playing Tess and winning? Because Bryant Cook's just always going to play Tess and win with it. So, like, you have that plenty in 60-card formats. You see it, you know, whatever. I'm sure plenty in CDH formats. Like, I would never pick up any kind of win conless mono white stacks but you know what that's what charles is going to show up with every time and he's a player that i'm going to respect a lot in any pot i'm in so like specialists exist you need to respect that 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 exists as well but just talking about like an initial foot in the door it's at least nice to see that that's what somebody's showing up with you know you at least have a baseline there's a place to start and i think that is what the deckless database does a lot for this community at this point in time because i have had people since i've gotten more and more into cdh people that follow me on twitter for my 60 card content stuff they'll come up to me and they'll say hey drake where can i get started like I, they legitimately do not know they're like i see you post about cdh all the time and you interact with it all the time but i just don't even know where to start looking like i'm a 60 card person like obviously there's nothing on scg tcg channel far with none of it so where do I start looking? And I, you know, that's what I have to do. I have to point them to the content creators, which, you know, maybe there's a problem there if people can't find the content creators when they're looking, but you know, there's so, or there's so many of them, they don't know which ones to listen to, but I point them to the content creators. I point them to the decklist database because that's what I wanted when I started. I wanted the decklist database so I could just see what people thought was competitive, but those are still problematic because it's not, it's not tournament stuff. Like this is stuff that is subjective. Like people, whoever they are, mystical, you know, people behind the, the, the curtain believe that these decks are good. And that's, that's fine. But I, I want to know, I want to know more. I want to know when, you know, it comes to putting your money where your mouth is. What are people showing up with? I want to see what's, you know, what are the top 16 of a tournament? What are, I don't care what wins necessarily. I care about what's in the top 16. What's in the top 32? Like, what are people showing up with? You know, what looks like a better version of what? I want to be able to draw the conclusions myself, and I want a hub for deck lists from events that, you know, have stakes, from things that matter. And that just doesn't exist, and in part because there's not that many mm-hmm. tournaments at all for CEDH, and, like, that's what Mikey was talking about, and maybe some more organizers, maybe even one with, like, a website would be nice if you want, you know, some kind of tournament organizer pop that out of nowhere the scg of cedh pops up and we have these big cedh events they have websites where they post it like that would do so much to grow the community because a it adds validity 
because you know now whatever you you refer to it as a fake format all the time even though it's not a different format it's just edh which is very much a real format whatever but like you very much get a lot of buy-in when someone can go to a website and see the latest greatest decks can see the most recent results and then they have context for what the content creators are talking about for what we're talking about on the podcast like we did an entire episode analyzing the play with power tournament results but we don't really have like links to go send people where it's like okay here is the tournament by position we don't have that and like that sucks mm-hmm. you know it'd be so much easier to give viewers that context so we don't have to read off deck lists and all that stuff we can just talk about what happened in the tournament and that the fact that just doesn't exist i think is a big big problem in CDH that mm-hmm. needs to be solved. If we're going to continue, we're going to continue to grow. And we are having growing pains at this point, I think. Like a lot of people, there's an exodus into this format, both from what Dickles was talking about, these players that are playing EDH normally, that are buying their pre-cons and they're like, wait a minute, I want to play with Jeweled Lotus. I want to play with Dockside Extortionist. I want to play with Thassa's Oracle. And then, you know, whatever, Angel Tribal that starts on turn seven is like, well, this sucks. I don't want to play with you ever again. Mm-hmm. And then you have people like me that are like, okay, well, until recently, they had killed all organized play. I have nothing to do, but I still want to play Magic, and I hate casual commanders, so what do I do? Uh, might as well buy some busted cards and go to bat. Let's go play with my friends. And there's, you know, people like Zach Allen, people like Bryant Cook, people like Brian Koval, people like me that come from the competitive scene, and they're content creators and all that stuff, and they're just looking for something that matters, what people care about, what's fun. You know, where can I play with powerful cards and powerful formats? CDH. So you have this convergence from two different angles and there's a lot of clash there's a lot of discourse but in general i think there's a lot of really good representatives for cdh that have so much of their work cut out for them they do so much shepherding people into discords into uh helpful productive communities that help you get better and sometimes you know there's there's fault there's uh misses there's times where people hate it there's times where people are like oh this is the worst experience ever but that that exists throughout magic like i'm not really one to subscribe to you know, the little, little things we need to fix. I'm more of concerned that it's the onus is on these, these shepherds. The onus is on these people that know where things are. The people like us that are entrenched in CDH at this point are like, okay, well, this, 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 this content creator are worth listening to. And here's where you go find deck lists. And you can also find deck lists here, here. And I would also check these, these other discords out. Bam. And like you just give them this fire hose of information, all of which in different places, spread out across Reddit, Discord, YouTube, all that stuff, and try to piece it together. And a lot of times people don't want to do that. And it would just be so much easier to get casuals into competitive if we had that. I know it would help me. It sounds like it would have helped, like Mikey went looking for it. It sounds like it would have helped you, Diggles. Like it's, it's tough and we made it. And I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned, both positive and negative from all three of our stories when it comes to that bridge from casual to competitive and where, you know, where there were kind of pitfalls, what took so long? Like why, like it really, Mm. like even now I still have an impression that certain things that aren't really CDH power level might be because of some of the mishaps of early CDH. So I think, and yeah, go ahead. I think, I think where, where that's, and that's where I went. So that's where I like uh, with Winota and like, like where I started, but like what I do now, um, I'm going to derail it with, um, this thing I thought about is like I'm from North Carolina and the Wright brothers were the first in flight, right? They made the airplane. And then there was another group in another area that also made an airplane around that similar time frame, right? It's just like, but the Wright brothers, it's their first in flight, no question. 
but but it's that same thing. It's just like who's going to invent this thing at the same time? And so I brewed I brewed Shorakai and Whimsy is the blue white guy. I was I was I was wrong a lot, especially about my initial intruder alarm because I'm huge. But I, I put in I put in 200, 300 hours in three major tournaments with this one deck. But what I do now is I'll take Whimsy's deck uh, and I. I have it on Moxfield, and I put my deck and my changes, and I just hit the compare button. That's so, so nice. I, I see love that, that like feature. Whimsy's Whimsy's deck is like uh, I think now like six cards, seven cards, whatever different from my hundred cards. Yeah, you know. So so it's it's very very similar, but those seven cards matter a lot to me in metagame I approach. And then I I don't I don't know if Whimsy's still editing. I I hope so. Don't stop st- don't stop uh, building Shurikai. It's very oh Whimsy good. never stops in the blue um, white train. We got a nice yeah. episode with him and then he's he's oh, all right. about the blue white. <laughs> but but that, that's what I do now, and I think that's that's a good entrance to be like oh I have uh, I have this Omnath deck and it's like four colors and this mana base is 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 fine. It's not great. Let me click the CDH tab, you know, in Moxfield and see what the CDH or what people label cdh of this deck are and compare and i'm like wow there's 70 cards different than mine yeah yeah <laughs> so maybe, it's like, maybe so there's it's like, some changes needed yeah so i'll look at this other deck and like oh this deck is 30 cards different than mine. so i think moxfield is probably where i go now and be like okay these are the small minute change that i could make but that minutia is like is that is that his deck is that my deck you know is it is it our deck <laughs> Sure. Uh, cause there's only so many cards. There's like a limited number of cards you can put in your deck, but like still you can have unlimited variation and gameplay. And that's, and that's what, that's what we do. That's why we want to build the deck and like, we want to make it our own, but that sense of ownership, I, I don't know. I think that may, maybe like kind of phasing out is like, now I can just take Quibito's deck to a tournament. Cause I, I do know how to use, I know how to beat it, but, but it's like, <laughs> take that to the tournament and it's fine. Uh, but is that is that what I want to be doing? I think people should try, um, and then and then see if 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 the Moxfield if that idea if that idea is helpful, like I, I would say, run with it. Moxfield is is kind of the only thing I use to to create decks. Um, so so yeah, that's that's what I'd say I would I would use today if I'm doing. It. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Moxfield has been and you know awesome resource and there was even like a button at one point in time that was like add cdh staples but of course that once again that gets kind of subjective and what have you but like they have done a lot the people over at moxfield have done so much to really help the cdh community communicate with each other about what looks like what does a playable mana base look like you know how do you cast your spells what are the the best interaction pieces why does cryptic command suck like so on and so forth because these are not obvious things especially to a competitive player like me it's like oh if you want interactions, you want things like Dispel. Sounds like Cryptic Command is probably pretty good. It's not. It's not good. And you have to understand how <laughs> games play out. You need to understand, you know, these things that are not inherent. Like, none of these things are obvious. None of these things are things that you mm. can just, oh, think about CDH and figure it out. Like, nobody can just go on Scryfall and build a CDH deck. It took understanding the level of consistency that was necessary, the density of interaction for the interactive decks that was necessary, the density of mana for the interactive and non-interactive decks, because it changes, that that matters. And these are nowhere close to parsable on your own, unless you're some kind of super genius, which I'm, I'm here to tell you, I, I hate the break and see, like probably none of us are. And I don't All think there are? probably is. Oh, any. sorry. I, I oh, thought, yeah, I yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, it happens. But either way, I think there is a lot better tools now 
than there were before. And it's getting better as time goes on and as CDH develops into its own community. And, you know, it is in largely in part to these, uh, these shepherds, these content creators, these even just moderators for discords that do so much to help people get their entrance in the CDH. And that's part of what makes this community so awesome. That's part of what makes interacting with this community, even on, you know, a hell site like Twitter, so awesome is that there are good faith actors that are here to help, here to help you learn. And, you know, as much hate as it gets, because CDH does get a lot of hate objectively. And there is some dis, uh, disdain for the casual community from the CDH people too. Like, I mean, you've heard me kind of talk about it. Maybe I was a little harsh or whatever, but it gets really bad. People are like, oh, these filthy casuals, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not it. That's not what we're trying to promote. And, you know, of course, a lot of the casuals are content to just like let us stay in our lane or if they're interested, they'll try to interact. But there is some amount of disdain for both sides that I don't really get. I don't feel like that would happen as much if what was and was not CEDH was more clear. And a part of that is making sure information is more readily available. And of course, you know, if there were more hubs for content too, like what is CDH content? You know, is somebody just labeling C- anybody could put CDH in their title and just be playing whatever two color on math. Like that's not, that's not CDH. Well, and you need to know I, I what think, is it. I think it was a, it was a turning point for me. Cause I, I joined the, um, was it the Playmax discord? And I had a, I had a Calamax deck, you know, had, you know, tip of the hat to my other dinosaur. <laughs> um, but, I love that. Uh, I played. I played that deck and and my and my because uh, Ryan Cobito, uh, I've been friends with uh, for a while. It's like you know that's 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 a good deck. That's a powerful deck. It does it does really powerful things. And I go to register that in the maximum level or whatever, and it's disappointing to find out that that was mid power or something like that. And and same thing with Winota. I <laughs> I tried to register Winota on that server as high power. With my gerblins, with my goblins, and they said, "No, it's mid power." It's like you're—that's wrong. And I don't lose. I played that server for a while, and I don't lose mid power games. That's wrong. And so, so nobody's got it. Nobody's got it right. This elitism that like this deck is better than your deck, and you can't talk to me—that that needs to fade away. Literally, seriously, needs to. Yeah. And, and I have to. No I have to. You know, full, sure. full disclosure with my collection. I used to organize commander game night at the store I worked at, right? And it was it was like, oh well, you know, we don't we don't allow proxies. And this oh and yeah, this, that's and this a mana crypt, this mana crypt is real. Yeah, yeah. this force of will is a real force of will. You know, I, but but I'm wrong, and I'm okay to say that I'm wrong. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm I'm humble enough to say that I came from a place where I was an elitist, and, and that only hurts the community. It doesn't do anything beneficial to anybody. To say that, oh, look at my flashy magic card. No, nobody, nobody cares. It's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it and it, and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt that person you're going to learn from. You know, it's going to hurt the community and that it's going to give us the less and less diversity that we could have. Uh, so, so, you know, I'm, I'm for it. And, and I, as <laughs> I would say, Dre, like, sign me up. You know, yes. if there, if there's a way, if there's a way to contribute to like allow this format to expand. We don't, we don't, we are definitely not the G. We don't have it figured out. We're, we're doing the best we can, you know, and they're like, oh, appearing to the abyss also draws all these cards. Let's try this out. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's like very much a collaborative cards. effort, no matter which way you slice yeah. it. Right, right. It's, it's like we, we still want to do these same things and win in competitive, but like we, we don't have it all figured out. And if, and if somebody says, I've, I've, I've broken this card, it's over, I uh, just, just wait three months. 
Good. You know, Good. Good. There'll be another card. We'll all play your deck and we'll figure out how to beat it. Be exactly. That's very much true. Well, either way, uh, I think we can just about wrap it up. I think we have pretty thoroughly covered kind of how each of us got into CEDH and what that process has looked like for us. And, you know, kind of some of the problems um, that exist and even some of the resources you can find today, things like the decklist database and using Moxfield as far as being able to get into CDH if you're a casual looking to get into it, you know, uh, hopefully you can kind of listen to this podcast, understand that we all kind of came from uh, somewhat of the same background, at least one of us, you know, there's three different stories here, at least one of us probably had a similar path to you and whatever you're looking at. And now, you know, if you're looking to get into CDH, there is more resources out there and you can find deck lists if you just, you know, if you go looking. And that's that's awesome that exists. That's awesome we have that to point to. And there's plenty of other discords to find out more information and build on that knowledge. So thank you so much for coming on, Diggles. It was uh, a pleasure to have you and get some of your, you know, very expansive knowledge. You know, been playing Magic as long as I've been alive. And that's that's a very unique perspective. So I appreciate it. I appreciate having your, your dinosaur knowledge uh, here for us. So if people are looking to... Oh, my to, pleasure. It's a great time. <laughs> yeah, if people are looking to get in contact with you, they want to find out more about dinosaurs or whatever Lex Luthers in whatever age, uh, where can they do that? Oh, you can find me on Discord. So I'm uh, Davy, Dig- Davy Diggles, so D-A-V-I Diggles, or I, I do have a Twitter. It's at Diggles6. The sixth nine. Diggles. Six, no, no, just it's it's Diggle six nine. Oh, okay, nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Message me. I'm 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 all about it. This is this is this is the best thing to be talking about right now. We're having fun. Perfect. And whenever you get a secretary, of course, you can start filtering people through that. But in the meantime, you can reach out to you directly on Discord or on Twitter. I love it. I love it. All right, Mikey Hollihan, Where can people find you if they want to tell you? that Karanos Blue Moon was a bad deck and always was, or any other horrible things about Grixis game. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. You can add us at the Miscast. Um, I'm very active on Discord. Um, it's uh, at MikeyJH72. Uh, the numbers are 0112 for like the little hashtag thing. Uh, and if not, as always, you can give Hal some work to do. He can get you in contact with me. But I've been more active on Twitter recently. So if you like add us at the Miscast, like we've had some people recently... Give feedback to the uh, podcast by tagging us there, and both Drake and I have access to the account, so that's a good way to reach either of us or both of us at the same time if you want to be super efficient. Yeah, absolutely. You want to talk to me, obviously, you can also reach me at the Miscast, as Mikey just mentioned, at the Miscast MTG on Twitter. Uh, I will see it. I will almost certainly respond. I love being yelled at on Twitter. It makes my day. Love having Twitter discussions about how wonderful of a podcast we are or how much we suck. I'm really willing to talk about either. Uh, you can also find me personally if you just want to talk to me. Forget these other guys at viral underscore Drake on Twitter. Um, and you can find me on most EDH discords by just adding me. I am just Drake on Discord, D-R-A-K-E. You can just at me and whatever. Um, I do interact probably most often in the Playing With Power Discord, so if you're a part of their Discord, feel free to add me. I am there. You can talk to me there if you just prefer Discord as a medium. But uh, in general, I do interact a little bit more on Twitter overall. Thank you very much, both of you, for being here and talking at length about the humble beginnings in CDH. And I hope to talk to you all again soon. See you next week.